Our scripture for this morning comes from John 5, verses 1 through 18. Listen to a word from God. After this, there was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate, there is a pool called in Hebrew Bethzatha, which has five porticos. In these lay many ill, blind, lame, and paralyzed people. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The ill man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Stand up, take your mat, and walk. At once the man was made well, and he took up his mat and began to walk. Now that day was a Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been cured, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your mat. But he answered them, The man who made me well said to me, Take up your mat and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said it to you, Take it up and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Do not sin any more, so that nothing worse happens to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Therefore, the Jews started persecuting Jesus because he was doing such things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is still working, and I also am working. For this reason, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because he was not only breaking the Sabbath, but was also calling God his own father, thereby making himself equal to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy God, open our eyes and our ears and our hearts and our minds to the message you have for us today. In the name of Christ, amen. Love, justice, inclusion. Those are the three words that you all as Fort Street have identified as our values, the things that we care about, the things that we strive for and want to be. It's a great list, love, justice, inclusion. We're taking three weeks here at the beginning of fall to think about each of those words and what they might have to do with this community of faith in particular. And last week, uh, Pastor Garrett spoke about love, and in particular about how to find one thing that we might love about even the most unlovable people in our midst. Today, we think about justice. And our goal is not to completely understand all of what justice is and could be, but to consider it particularly from a community of faith and how we might be people of justice. Kids have a fantastic sense of justice. 
I was a nanny for a family for two uh, siblings, a brother and a sister, many years ago, and I got to see them act out justice in a way that um, I thought was so fantastic. And apparently a lot of families do this. The fir- this was the first time I had seen it when I was nannying these kids. But their mom had come home from a baby shower with a leftover brownie. And it was this huge, fluffy, delicious-looking brownie, and she was going to let the kids share it. And so their method for things like this, when the two kids had to share, was that one of them got to do the cutting, and the other one got to pick which half they got. Have any of you done this? It's a brilliant, brilliant idea, right? Because So the brother of these kids uh, got to do the cutting, and I... I was surprised that he didn't get out a ruler. I mean, that's how meticulous he was because he knew if he cut it even slightly off that the sister would definitely pick the biggest piece. So he did his very best to cut right in the middle and then she picked the one that she wanted and they both were so happy and ate their brownie in peace. We've all been there, whether we had that rule or not. I know we've lined up juice in my family and poured just a teeny bit until all the lines were exactly the same. Kids care about justice, or at least about equality and fairness. But as parents and caregivers often notice, the sense of justice that kids have isn't often about fairness or equality, really, it's about getting what they want and making sure others don't get any more than they deserve. And that's not just kids. We do that as adults as well. We use the word justice, but what we really mean is something more like protecting our self-interests, and punishing people and things outside of that. We have this very oversimplified idea of justice most of the time that it is about bad people getting what they deserve and good people getting what they deserve. Bad people getting some kind of punishment and good people getting all the things that they're meant for. We see politicians both on the right and on the left using the word justice in their campaigns and sometimes meaning the same things, sometimes meaning different things. It's an interesting word that has a lot of depth to it, but what does it mean for a faith community? Justice sometimes is about punishment, sometimes it's about equality and fairness, sometimes it's about rewards, but sometimes it's much bigger than all of those things. The Bible story that Josie read for us this morning doesn't actually use the word justice, but I think it offers us a wonderful example of what justice is. I think it can serve as a guide for how we might be people of justice. And in this story, it says that Jesus has come to Jerusalem for a religious festival, He's gathered with friends and family members within the city, and likely these festivities are all happening around the temple and then in the homes of those who are the faithful. But Jesus takes a detour, and he leaves the sort of temple area and finds his way to this pool near the Sheep Gate. 
And at this pool, many people are gathered who are ill or who are hurt or who are disabled in some way and looking for healing. The rumor is that an angel comes and stirs the waters in this pool every so often and that whoever gets to those waters first will be healed of whatever their ailment is. And this place is just packed and crowded with people desperate for some kind of healing. This pool is sort of the last resort place for these folks. They have not found healing in any other way and this is the only thing they know that might help. And so Jesus sees a man there who has been there for 38 years, almost four decades. Can you imagine? What were you doing four decades ago? Were you even alive? Four decades this man is waiting and hoping for some kind of healing. Jesus goes up to him and asks, do you want to be made well? And the man shares his story. He talks about his plight and about how he cannot walk. And so every time the waters are stirred up, he tries to make his way down, but he doesn't have someone to help him. And people go rushing past him, and he's never able to make it in the water first. Jesus tells him, get up, take your mat, and walk. And he does. It causes some tension and some drama because it happens to be the Sabbath day when Jesus does this. And the religious folks are quick to point out that both the healing and the act of carrying a mat go against the law for Sabbath rest. So there are accusations and anger. I wonder where you see justice in this story. The biblical understanding of justice has to do with putting things right. Justice notices when something is off and then seeks to make it right. That's what Jesus is doing in this story. He's at the pool and he notices that something is not right. Something is not aligned with God's intentions. And so Jesus enters into that and does something about it. I think the way that Jesus does this is really helpful for us as we think about how to be people who care about justice. And I see him going through four movements as he enacts justice. First, Jesus goes to a place where there is hurt and pain. It takes a detour for him to do so. Jesus is there for this religious festival. He could have and probably should have been only at the temple, only within the walls of the holy, sacred place. But he goes out, out of his way, to the pool by the sheep gate. People are gathered who are suffering. It would not have been a happy field trip to take. There would have been a lot of pain and agony and tears in this place, but Jesus goes there of his own volition. He walks out of his way to be where there are people hurting. The first step to be people of justice is to be willing to go where it's hard. 
where people are hurting. Second, when he is there, Jesus engages with the people he sees. Jesus goes up to the man, and rather than just healing him on the spot and receiving thanks and praise and going on his way, he asks him a question. He says, do you want to be made well? He hears his story. He hears about what has been going on and how hard it has been for these past 38 years, and Jesus engages with him. Only after hearing from the man and getting an idea of what healing and help would be like from his perspective does Jesus actually heal him. This is an area that I think we particularly as Christians who come from a lot of privilege have to learn. Many times we come up with solutions from the sidelines and we impart our help and our healing on folks in ways that they have not asked for or really need. Many times we think about justice and we say this line, we say, justice is giving a voice to the voiceless. Sometimes that might be the case, but often those who have been oppressed and pushed to the margins have said themselves, I have my own voice. You don't have to give me voice, you just have to get out of the way so that I can share my voice. Particularly those of us that come from places of privilege because of our bank accounts or our race or our sexual orientation or gender identity have more quieting to do than giving voice to those who are speaking but can't be heard over our own privilege. Jesus goes to the place where there is hurt, and then he engages with the people there to hear their perspective and their story. Only then does he offer healing and help. The third motion that I see Jesus do in this story as he acts out justice is disrupting the system that was surrounding the injustice. So I don't know if you noticed, but when Jesus helps this man, he does not help him by carrying him to the water so that he can get there first. He does something totally outside of the system that this man has found hope in. He tells him, get up, take your mat, and walk. Forget about the waters. Get up and go. The people that had been gathered at this pool had been forced into thinking this was their one source of hope. This was the one narrow way that they might find some kind of healing, some kind of connection back into community. And when Jesus heals this man, he bypasses that system. And in so doing, he critiques the stories that we often tell those on the outside that they have to work their way through a very narrow path in order to join the rest of us. Jesus is surrounded by all kinds of folks at this pool that are in need of healing and hope. And it isn't just that he picks one lucky man. It's that he uses this healing and this experience to disrupt the system for everyone. So they're all watching as this man gets up and begins to walk and suddenly 
they have an expanded imagination about where their own healing and hope might come from. Jesus goes to the place where there is hurt. He engages with the people there. He disrupts the larger system. And then Jesus does something so meaningful that we often forget about in the work of justice. He invites and participates in community. The folks that were gathered around the pool looking for healing and hope had been excluded from the religious community. They were seen as unpure for whatever reasons, whatever ailments they had, and they were not allowed to enter into the walls of the temple. They were not allowed in community with others. They were not allowed to participate in the festival that was happening right there in Jerusalem near where they were. And so Jesus, in doing this healing, reminds us that it's about community. And we can, we can guess that this man who has been healed makes his way to the temple for this festival because it is there where he encounters the religious leaders who see that he's carrying a mat on the Sabbath and reprimand him for that. But he has made his way after all of these decades of being on the outside back into community. True justice is actually about community wholeness, not just personal responsibility or achievement. The practice of restorative justice is a small part of how criminal justice works in our country right now, but there are such amazing stories that come out of it. Examples of movements of justice that look a lot like what Jesus does in this story. As part of a seminary course I was in, I got to read transcripts of restorative justice circles and watch some videos of people engaged in restorative justice, and the stories were so moving. I want to share just one of them with you today. But restorative justice, if you're not familiar, is uh, what happens when folks gather on both sides of some kind of crime. Both the offender and the victim and often their families will gather with a mediator mentor in restorative justice and sit down and uh, brainstorm together, share their stories, share their experience, and talk about productive ways to hold one another accountable and to move forward with healing and with hope. It is hard, hard work. So there was one story that stood out to me in particular. It was uh, an elderly man in New York City who had gone to the ATM on Mother's Day. And uh, he'd gotten out $300, and then suddenly another man came up behind him and was trying to steal the money. They had a struggle, and the man was able to steal the money and leave, but in the process, the older man fell and hit his head, went into a coma, and died four days later. The family of the victim decided to go the path of restorative justice because they wanted answers. They wanted to engage with the offender and they wanted to hear the story and they wanted to know that he would never do it again. They wanted him to know how hurt they were. And so the offender agreed to this process and they sat in a circle with family members from both sides and a 
counselor to walk them through it, and they all shared their stories. The family of the man that died learned that the offender had a minimum wage job, was working so hard, but had his rent due and only had 51 cents in his bank account. And on that day, he was so desperate and afraid of losing his apartment that he felt like he had no other option. He had never intended to hurt anyone, let alone kill anyone. He had no weapons on him, and he was devastated at the result. The family shared about their story and the loss of their father, grandfather, and the pain that had been caused by this incident, and they sat in grief and tears for a long time. They talked about possible solutions. They talked about problems of what happens when minimum wage jobs don't get raised and, and the struggles that they were all facing together. And at the end, the quote that stuck with me came from the son of the man who had died. And he said, you know, the hurt is not going to go away. But today, the hate went away. The hurt's not going to go away, but the hate might. Justice is about wholeness in a community, not just personal fairness. To be people of justice, God invites us to go to places where there is pain, go to places of difficult conversations and confrontation, go to places where people are suffering, even if it's not easy. To engage with them, to see the image of God in all of those who suffer. To listen to their voice before offering help or healing. And then to participate in community together. I think Fort Street is already doing some incredible justice work. I think many of you are already involved in really important justice work in your own lives. I wonder how we might do more of this work intentionally together, be people who are willing to go to those hard places and seek the face of God. Would you pray with me? God of hope and grace, justice is hard work. I pray that you would show us the next step to take, the next relationship to build, the next community, community to be a part of. Bless us as we seek to be people of love, justice, and inclusion. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.